Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 79. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Friday, Steelers Nation. Dave, I'm in a good mood today. And when asked me my contract situation at all, you can uh, you can f- be feel free to uh, to do that. I, I got to land the joke a bit better, but I had that planned and it was poorly executed. But, but bottom line here, Dave is Mike Tomlin holding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to start this over, but just power through. Yeah, just let me blabber like an idiot. That was a good yeah, move by you, Dave. Yeah, I just I was seeing which way you were going to go with that. <laughs> I'm trying, it went over my head. I, I wonder how many other people uh, uh, it, it went over there. It took me a minute to catch on, but uh, I, I get it. Uh, you tried to pull a uh, Mike Tomlin funny there at the start of things. Uh, that's a hell of a way to get the offseason started here on this podcast, but uh uh, I like it. I, I see where you're mm. going there. And, uh, man, do we have, uh, obviously a lot to talk about today on the heels of, uh, Mike Tomlin, uh, given his end of the year press conference on Thursday. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday to you, Dave. Putting my comedy routine aside for a second here, Mike Tomlin holding his year end press conference on Thursday. Um, and while it wasn't earth shattering, it was more honest and more candid than I expected. And a couple of keynotes to hit on his status, on the status of the future offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, in the status of the quarterback situation with the Steelers as well. So where to where to start here first, Dave? I guess just off the top, while it's been reported and expected, Mike Tomlin confirming he intends to coach Pittsburgh in 2024, officially putting to bed any rumors about sabbaticals, taking time off. Etc. President Art Rooney uh, confirming that they plan to extend this contract at some point this offseason as well. So we already basically knew this was happening, but to get official, official confirmation, Tomlin returning almost certainly with an extension by the time 2024 opens up. Yeah, that should put all that uh, to bed now. Uh, He's going to be the coach in 2024. He's going to get extended here. I don't know however many weeks. I, I don't know when it's going to happen. It could happen uh, uh, this afternoon. It could happen uh, when the team reports to training camp. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is uh, we can put all that other uh, speculation and, and, and everything else attached to Mike Tomlin uh, to the side right now. He's not going anywhere. They're not going to trade him. Uh, he's not going to take a year off. Uh, all, all that, and you know, all that adds up. It's kind of the direction we thought this thing was going to go. Look, the man's still young. Uh, he loves what he does. We've said this several times. He he enjoys everything about the process. Now he's not happy about having uh, to get involved in that off-season process this early. He'd rather still be in the tournament. Uh, obviously. Uh, what did he say? Something about uh, he doesn't like that feeling in his stomach about having to get ready to go to Mobile, Alabama uh, right now. Uh, but the factor fact of the matter is he's getting ready to go to Mobile right now. And we knew that it wouldn't take long for this stuff to flush out, flesh out uh, when it came to his future. And now we have our answers, uh, at least where he's concerned. 
We do. And again, as you said, all speculation can be put to bed. Um, the extension, typically that's more of an April type thing, a spring type thing, but it might just depend on the situation, depending on negotiations. Either way, Mike Tomlin should uh, remain and become one of the highest paid head coaches in football. The salaries are never really officially disclosed, but based on reporting and assumptions, he'll earn well over $10 million per season. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably a uh, good uh, you know, wait, wait to frame that. So we'll just wait for, you know, we'll just wait for the news now. All right. Now in terms of who will be the offensive coordinator for the Steelers in 2024, we don't know that answer, but we do know who it will not be. It will not be Eddie Faulkner. It will not be Mike Sullivan. That's the interim uh, OC and quarterbacks coach slash play caller. That's Faulkner. Sullivan, respectively, as they took over for Matt Canada, Mike Tomlin confirming this will be an external out-of-house hire, the, a rare move for Pittsburgh of their last six offensive coordinator hires dating back to 2001, five were internal promotions, only one outsider. That was, of course, Todd Haley, and so that search, I assume, is beginning basically now. We don't know exactly the timetable for when the hire will get made, but again, Mike Tomlin confirming definitively it will be an outside hire. And here, here, uh, good on that. I know that probably made a lot of people uh, happy to read and, 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 and hear that from Mike Tomlin. That's the right move in my, uh, opinion here. And Mike Tomlin also was asked, uh, will this, uh, new OC, uh, be one that has form, you know, NFL experience at the position or as a coordinator. And his, his answer was yes. So I would expect this to be, a currently out of work, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, often, you know, pre former NFL, uh, offensive coordinator, you know, probably mm -hmm. one that, uh, you know, more than likely was on a staff either this past season in, 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 in some capacity, uh, more than likely. Yeah, the, the criteria that Tomlin outlined over the course of his press conference was external hire coordinator experience and likely with a quarterback background of some sort, which most OCs have anyway, but just to kind of confirm that given the weight and the importance to get the quarterback situation right in Pittsburgh, whoever starts Pickett, Rudolph, the off chance that somebody else is that starter come week one. So that kind of helped. I mean, it does help narrow down the field. It's still a bunch of names that, that can and will and have been suggested, but it actually kind of gives us a pretty decent framework to work with. Yeah, rattle off your names, and you're going to be writing about this uh, over the weekend, right? Yeah, I don't have a concrete list right now. I mean, again, you know, mentioned Alex Van Pelt with him getting fired from Cleveland. Um, trying to think of other names. And I, I mentioned Pep Hamilton is one. They interviewed him back in 2021 before they promoted Canada. Kind of go back and look at some of those names as well. I think he checks all the boxes. Former OC, worked with Justin Herbert with the Chargers. He was took uh, 2023 off. He worked for NFL Network after uh, Houston turned over their coaching staff. He's still one that makes sense. But um, again, I'll have a list of names probably for Monday. Yeah, Bevel probably going to be on that list. Yeah, Darren Bevel. Um, some some have mentioned Eric Bieniemy. That I I I have I would have to do some more research in that. It was a little less likely because there's always been discussions about him not committing to the run and being too pass heavy. And of course, for Pittsburgh, there's such a ground based attack that that may not work. Um, but he would bring a kind of a real drill sergeant discipline to this team that arguably is lacking. So do want to mention his name as well. Right. So uh, exciting. Uh 
to, 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 to see where that ends up. And uh, you think they'll get done by the senior bowl or no? It's hard to say. I think they want to take their time. This is such an important hire. I mean, this is this is this is the most important hire Mike Tomlin has made in his tenure as Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. And so I think you want to get this one right. If it means skipping the senior bowl, then so be it. You know, Todd Haley, that lone external hire, he wasn't hired until later in that first week of February back in, I believe, 2012. And so that's not a guarantee of what will happen now, obviously. But I would probably say late January to that first week of February is probably when the name gets announced. All right. So we uh, will look forward and track all that. I imagine some things will leak about who's meeting with who, if somebody comes to town or something like that. Yeah. I think interviews could start as early as next week, but in terms of the actual hire, you know, I think they're going to cast this wide net and, 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 and really be thorough in this process as they should, as they need to be. If I could put on my, my tinfoil hat here. I borrowed from you here for a second. The way that Tomlin kind of framed it as so, because what surprised me was he was so immediate as in like, no, no it's not going to be Faulkner, not going to be Sullivan, not even, he could have just said, there'll be candidates, we'll interview them, we'll cast a white net, but he was very clear, this is an outside hire. And then whenever he was asked about that, why, why are Faulkner, Sullivan not in the running, Tomlin simply said, I thought that was the appropriate thing to do, really kind of a, a non-answer to it. My thought is... Art Rooney came down and said, hey, we got to hire somebody outside. We've been doing the internal thing for a while now. I, 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 he's going to be involved in the process, obviously, of who they hire. He's not going to be, you know, from the X's and O's standpoint, as, as in it as, as Mike Tomlin. But I think Rooney's directive was, let's find somebody outside, a breath of fresh air, some different ideas, as opposed to the internal thing again and again. Sure, that makes sense. And he was also asked what he's looking for in a new offensive coordinator, right? Yeah, and that answer, which I can try to pull up here, was a little more vague. I mean, he gave the old, old Canada want to score more points, but um, <laughs> he said, quote, I want us to be versatile and dynamic. Obviously, we've got to score more points. I want to be able to keep defenses off balance. I wanted to utilize all the talent that we have at our disposal. And then just say he's excited about the process and getting to uh, go through the pool of candidates. So nothing that you know every other team right. has the same goal, ideal, you know, versatility, scoring, using our talent. So I don't know how much there really is to get from that, but what was the answer on the actual quarterback part? I want to give that, um, I want to give that answer uh, in its totality. If I can try to find it here. Uh, do you have it by chance? Oh, uh, at, at, at one point, you know, just talking about, again, we got a lot of decisions, you know, first uh, he says, do you expect, uh, well, let's see. He says, do you expect the competition to be between Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett, or are you trying to bring someone else in rather than, uh, say, draft or outside? He says, again, we got a lot of decisions regarding free agency. He says, Mason Rudolph is scheduled to be a free agent, and so I'd be speculating about some of those things. Uh, first and foremost, they, they, they made it, he made it clear that uh, – they would like to do business again with Mason Rudolph if 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 if, if something uh, can be done there. So uh, that's one takeaway. Uh, will Kenny Pickett resume his QB one status? He says, you know, he will, 
but obviously there will be competition. There's always competition in this thing. We don't anoint anyone. Well, I mean, a Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, you, <laughs> we, uh, you know, let, let's 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 just be clear that in certain situations, someone. Uh, so, in other words, he's not going to anoint uh, T.J. Watt starting outside linebacker, right? Right. Uh, Earn your job, T.J. Rent this right, due every day. Right. Right. Uh, but he says we don't anoint anyone. Man, I'm appreciative of his efforts when talking about. Pickett and where he is and exciting, uh, excited about continuing to work with him, but certainly he will be challenged from a competition perspective moving forward. Competition brings out, uh, uh, brings the best out in all of us there. So uh, he was also asked is the hope uh, of the franchise that Mason Rudolph will be back uh, in providing that competition. Uh, Mike Tomlin says it is, but he is a free agent and it is free agency. And so we'll see where that leads us, uh, in, 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 in that regard. So, um, look, uh, if things can happen, you don't want to, you know, paint with, with too, too fine of a, a, a brush here, but man, it, and he was also asked, you know, do you believe that uh, your starting quarterback in 2024 is currently uh, under contract or currently on the roster? Which technically, if you want to be technical about it, Mason Rudolph's, you know, not on the 2024 roster under contract. But I, I, I take that as meaning the ending roster yes. uh, uh, of 2023 uh, is, is the starting quarterback for 2024 on, on the roster now. And he said, yes, uh, I think we all agree that that person's not likely to be uh, Mitch Trubisky, which uh, I think uh, I will affectionately uh, nickname Milton Trubisky right <laughs> now uh, for, for the office space character, because I think they're just going to have the paychecks might stop. (laughs) Yeah. The stapler is missing. Yeah. They'll fix the glitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hopefully a lot of people get that uh, 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 analogy there. So I'm going to go out on a limb, Alex, and predict that Mitch Trubisky will not be the starting quarterback in 2024 and by, by, uh, I'm going to go brilliant process of, uh, of, 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 you know, uh, deduction here. Uh, Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. How did I do? A plus Dave gold star. Yeah. I mean, that that's the takeaway here when it comes to the quarterback situation, like it or not, their plan is to re-sign Mason Rudolph and then have him and Kenny Pickett compete in training camp for the starting job. Pickett with the edge to start camp, as Tomlin said, QB one to begin it but not etched in stone and not even close in pencil, not pen. So that to me is very clearly their mission. I know that there'll still be discussions about the outside world on Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, a draft pick. But based on everything Tomlin had to say, you take that at at face value and and that truth. And I do in this instance, considering how candid he was overall in this presser, they want to bring back Rudolph and have him and Pickett compete for the job in 2024. Now look, uh, I, I'm with you lock lockstep right there. Uh, I don't I don't see how I don't see how you can read into anything that Mike Tomlin said. Now look, things happen obviously, but uh, uh, based on everything he said, it does not sound like they are going to be 
major player or players in any of those other names that you just rattled off that people are going to try to associate and suggest that the Steelers go <clears throat> go after here. Uh, now, look, if they're for some reason unable to re-sign Mason Rudolph, uh, you're probably going to have to go. You're going to have to probably bring in some lo- a lower level uh, veteran presence mm-hmm. uh, to to provide that competition there. And uh, the thing with Mitch Trubisky, uh, will will Mitch Trubisky survive the middle of March? It's possible because look, I I, I think would it would it kill you? to pay that $1 million roster bonus uh, in, you know, in the middle of March, just to make sure you have proper numbers on the roster moving past then uh, you still not married to them other than having that million dollar, you know, roster bonus uh, invested in them. You know, I would think that this team will do everything in their power to have Mason Mm -hmm. back under contract before before that, that before that decision is made. And if indeed that's the case, then you can easily ship off, um, you know, part, part, part ways with Mitch Trubisky at that time. But it, and until Mason is re-signed, um, you have to consider that as a potential option of them not getting him under contract by the start of the new league year. But I mean, you know, Mike Tomlin said you haven't talked to Mitch yet and all like that. I imagine that conversation is not going to be very long mm-hmm. uh, uh, when it happens here. But once again, I, I don't think you can come away at least, you know, by contextualizing everything that Mike Tomlin said, but to think that the two main candidates for the starting quarterback job right now for 2024 will be Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I'm with you 100% there, Dave. Um, When is the actual roster bonus uh, due date for Trubisky? What's the exact date? Is it March 16th? Uh, Hold on here. Just a minute and I'll pull it up for you. I don't know if it's the 18th or the... It's going to be right around there. They're all... Yeah, and Petersons. They're all similar. It's either three or five days after the start of the new league year. Let me look here. It is a $1 million number. We know that. And, okay, I got that information from Joe Corey, so I'm going to have to pull that up here. Okay. I mean, I, it just because it's going to be important in, in relation to when free agency starts, when the legal tampering starts, because Rudolph, I'm sure, will want at least weigh some options, get some information about his market value, and all that can have an impact on whether or not they can get a deal done before that due date for Trubisky. Because you would hate to pick up Trubisky's bonus and option because you're not sure about Rudolph. And then two days later, you re-sign Rudolph and you just spent an extra million on Trubisky that you didn't have to. And then you're just kind of wasting that money away. Third day of the league year. When is the league year? <laughs> I'm just trying to get the exact date. Is that March 20 something then or when no, I think the, it's uh, earlier than that uh earlier this, this year. year yeah I don't have that in front of me here I'll google it real quick here uh March uh March 13th, 13th. so I, I guess that would put it what the 16th or so mm-hmm. yeah March 16th okay so that's the that's the the date to circle on the calendar I'm with you 100% Dave they're gonna look to get Rudolph done before that there's gonna be an urgency to do that will it will it get done 
we'll see. Again, Rudolph, I think we'll certainly at least want to understand his market value. If I had to guess, though, I think Rudolph does come back. Just there's more value to him in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh will value him more than the rest of the NFL. And if they can pay him a decent salary with an earnest chance to compete for a starting job, I don't think he's going to get a better opportunity somewhere else. He may get a similar opportunity somewhere else. Might as well just stay in Pittsburgh, the place that you know, and go in with Kenny Pickett. Because you already kind of beat Kenny Pickett out once, quote unquote. Not that it was a direct competition, but you kept the job in front of him. So you probably, if you're Rudolph Nick, and I can do this thing again. Right. I would, do. I would, however, try to squeeze the Steelers for as much sure. as I can. But the market value is probably going to be the market value. We talked about this, you know, since, since, uh, uh, since Rudolph uh, uh, took over those final several games of the season there. His market value has obviously increased, uh, you know, uh, since, since he took over. But I, I, it, it, it's, it's going to be m- muted to some degree. Uh, and, you know, what does that look like? I mean, are we talking about $3 million? Are we talking about $5 million? Are we talking about $8 million? You know, if I'm if I'm his agent, I'm saying, well, you're about to free up about uh, you know what what's Mitch scheduled to earn as a uh, as a base this year five million or no no uh, four point two five million dollar base and a five million or one million dollar roster bonus. So in other words, this team is com- is currently committed to five point two five million dollars in two thousand and twenty four for Mitch Trubisky. Uh, how bad do they want to get out from underneath that? And if so, uh, if I'm his agent, I want at least that for 2024. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Um, excuse me. So the free agency begins on the 13th. Trubisky's uh, roster bonus due three days in. Rudolph should know his market by then. He'll have the two-day kind of legal tampering period before then as well. So I imagine they can get Rudolph done before that deadline on Trubisky comes due. Yeah, ideally... Once that uh, tampering, that that legal tampering period opens, uh, and look by by then there'll be discussions at the you know, combine, combine and, yeah. and 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 all like that uh, where where those guys start getting the sits and all like that. Uh, but you know, as, as we get within that three day window or whatnot, uh, really even by the you know first few days of I- I- into March. Everybody should have a pretty good idea what uh, Mason Rudolph's market value uh, is at that point. Uh, I could potentially see this thing being, you know, the Steelers would probably want to do at least a two or a three year year deal with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, three years, 18 million. I don't know if he, if, 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 if Mason would go for that, you know, but uh, I, at the at the minimum, I'm trying to get that five point two five million dollars that the Steelers were scheduled to pay Mitch Trubisky in 2024, if not a little bit more. That sounds about right to me. I mean, I, I would say he's in that five to seven million, and as you said, above what what Trubisky's salary was going to be. So that sounds about right in terms of what he can expect, Rudolph. And then that way, yo, you, it, it it's it's rich enough where it forces you to give him an earnest shot at the starting job. And on the flip side, it's not so expensive that if he doesn't win it, that, you know, it's, 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 it's not an awful price to pay to have somebody that can come off the bench and potentially win you some games. 
Right, because Trubisky was in that position this past year as a quote unquote expensive backup, and with Kenny Pickett on his rookie deal, your your money allocated to the quarterback room in total is still going to be light compared to most teams that have you know are paying quarterbacks significant money overall. So if you think about just quarterback money allocation, even if you pay Rudolph six million per year, and even if he's the backup, you're not spending a lot of money on the position. Yeah, I tell you what, though, if I'm his agent, I present the F-A-F-O uh, uh, chart when it comes to... Uh, ah. <laughs> took, took me a second, too, but you're saying the old mess around and... Find mess, out. Find, yeah, find out. Yeah, mess yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, I mean, barring anything significant happening based on what Mike Tomlin said, that that seems to be what the quarterback situation shapes up. Uh, now, look, you, you're still going to need another arm. This team's going to carry three quarterbacks. Uh, and four to training camp. And four to training camp. So, you know, you can you're going to you're going to need an arm for for rookie mini camp and the offseason. So there will be other quarterbacks added to this roster. Maybe a maybe a cast off at a, a veteran minimum of, of uh, salary and you know, either a, a mid to late round draft pick or an undrafted free agent to go along yeah. with that in that room. Yeah, but in terms of competing for the job, I think it's going to be Pickett versus Rudolph. Assuming that happens, assuming Rudolph returns, the question is, do you like this apparent plan? Do you feel good about the plan Pittsburgh seems to be presenting? Uh, at its core, No. Okay. I'm with you. I just, I, I think the competition is healthy, but again, the question becomes, do you have somebody that can become that top 10 type quarterback that can really compete against all those AFC, you know, top names that are going to be back and some who will be healthy in 2024, including Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, etc. Here's the thing. You saw that you can win some games with Mason, but you know, I, I you know, uh, how, how much more can a can a can a new offensive coordinator get out of him? Uh, I think you can win games with him uh, if you have the right system and the protection and all like that. Uh, I mean, we 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 saw it. He can push the football down the field, plain and simple. Uh, uh, he he made some nice decisions uh, during, during that time there, but we're still dealing with a small sample size, uh, overall, as far as Kenny Pickett goes, man. And Mike Thomas said this in so many words, this is a huge season for him. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we have got to have any confidence whatsoever. You've got to see a lot more out of Mason Rudolph. And here's the problem. You're, I mean, Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, uh, the only way you're going to see more out of Kenny Pickett in a game is if he is a is the starter really to open the season. Sure, but if he does, if he loses the job in camp, then that kind of tells you everything right there that this thing's probably not going to work out the way that Pittsburgh had hoped. From what we have seen so far, and Mike Tomlin, you can parse some things that he says. Well, he's got all the intangible things and all that. Okay, but what about the tangible things? <laughs> You know, uh, we know he's, you know, we know he can be smart kid, good character. Uh, you know, see, there's no question about that stuff. I, you know, what do they think about him on the field at this point? And obviously there's questions or else it would have come out 
you know, and we didn't expect it to go this way, but, uh, in other words, Mike Tomlin, and we asked this, how far would Mike Tomlin distance himself from, from Kenny Pickett during his press conference? And I don't, I don't remember hearing football justice in there yesterday. Did you? No, I had written that his answer would be one of three, either a full commitment to Pickett, um, a vote of confidence for Pickett, but with a caveat or a complete non-committal. And it was that middle ground of right. Pickett's quarterback one. He talked about the strides he's made, the intangibles you mentioned, but then had the caveat of we're going to have competition and you know we evaluate all positions, et cetera, et cetera. So listen, bottom line is 2024 is make or break for Kenny Pickett. A new OC could potentially do him some good. There's no question about that. You go in with a clean slate. He did have a good summer last year, had a great preseason. If he can do that again, he probably will will have the job to start the year. But then the real test comes week one. Right. And I'm not going to get fooled by none of that preseason garbage no more. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But if he, had, if he has a good summer, he will likely be the, the starting quarterback for week one. I think while Rudolph will compete, and I think he will be given an actual opportunity for the job, it's going to be slightly more about Pickett losing it then it will be about Rudolph winning the job. Yeah, and look, if you if you don't have a good quarterback in this league, you're not you're not you know you might make the playoffs again, but you're not going to go any further than that. Yeah, I think you can you can compete and make the playoffs with both. You know, whenever he's playing, I think at his capabilities, Kenny Pickett and with Mason Rudolph, you can do that with a good roster around, a good defense, ground game, etc. These guys can take you to the playoffs. I don't want to mishear things and you know pretend like these guys can't get to that point. The question is, what can you do once you're in the dance? And that's where my confidence begins to wane. I mean, that's going to be what it feels like. It's going to be one of the two, right? I mean, it it would take some something monumental to be uh, to me at this point to be for the starting quarterback in week one to be someone other than Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to even paint a scenario in which that could take place, unless somebody in the draft would would a fall or they they happen to take somebody on you know day two, second, third round. The dude stars in camp, but I just have difficulty seeing the scenario in which Pittsburgh really explores in the cost for either paying a veteran or acquiring a veteran or drafting somebody uh, in, in the top rounds for a quarterback. I just don't see that being the way this thing's going to go based on Tomlin calling pick a quarterback one, talking about wanting to re-sign Rudolph, and especially whenever he said that he believes his starting quarterback is one of those three, but essentially one of the two between Pickett and Rudolph. He put all those things combined it tells me they're not going to be players for Fields or Wilson or top draft pick. I, I, I agree. Now, obviously that could change. He could have, you know, uh, I mean, he, he did leave himself kind of, I guess, enough of a, an escape route, especially because look, we don't, until Mason Rudolph resigns, he's not signed. Sure. And if, if you want to try to map out a scenario in which something could dramatically change, it would probably be they lose Rudolph. They go quarterback exploring and something kind of, falls into their lap that they can't turn down. Right. That's, I guess, the one way I could see something happening. But again, I mean, what is your confidence level on them being able to re-sign Mason Rudolph, bring him back? I feel probably about 80% sure that will happen. Okay. I'm I'm about the same. I'm, I'm expecting Rudolph to be back. I'll put it that way. Not going to guarantee it. Obviously he will look around and leverage that opportunity at the least to, to see what the free agent market says, but I think he will be back. 
unless he's just really totally unrealistic and that, un, I mean, the only way that happens if he is, if he gets blown away by an offer somewhere else where he, where he knows too, that he's going to walk in that door and be a number one, you know, he, he, he doesn't want to get Mitch Trubisky, right. Where signed for, mm. you know, se- seven, $8 million. And then, you know, the, the draft rolls around and, oh yeah, we got a new kid in here, you know? Uh, 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 that way where, you know, yeah, we told you one thing, but you know, we, we got our franchise quarterback here early in the draft. Yeah. You don't want to go to a Denver and they trade up and go get one of those top quarterbacks. And you're basically just keeping the seat warm for uh, Drake may or whoever the name is. All right. You feel confident that, uh, uh, that, uh, Mason's root, uh, Mason Rudolph's market value is less than 10 million. Yeah, I think at this point, you know, I know we talked about different options whenever he was on that real hot streak, whenever Pittsburgh was winning, and, and, and there's a quarterback tax, and these guys do get paid more than you, you know, would maybe think, maybe more than their actual value is. But I would, I would probably still say it's going to be under ten million. Yeah, I would agree. And just to go back to that comment I finally found on Tomlin talking about coordinators and quarterbacks, the question was, when you're looking for a coordinator, how much is it based on trying to get the best out of your quarterback or Kenny Pickett? And Tomlin's answer is, quote, it's a significant component of it. The game is quarterback driven. Offenses are quarterback driven. And so their expertise in that area is a significant component of the search from my perspective. And so again, I think the the obvious answer, and again, most OCs have this background to one degree or another. I think the uh, next OC will have a a pretty hefty quarterback coaching background. All right. What happens if you miss here between Pickett and Rudolph? Uh, You're finding a quarterback in 2025. We're talking about the class of 2025. Right. I agree. That's plain and simple how this thing goes. And I do have a concern. That's where this thing is going to go. But we'll see. We'll see how Pickett looks, and we'll see how Rudolph looks, and go from there. I mean, the only other option here would be to go after a Cousins, to go after, um, you know, I think Russell Wilson's seen, definitely seen his better days, and, you know, Cousins for that matter as well, too. I think you could still win some games with Cousins if he stayed healthy and all. Uh, and, you know, I know a lot of people bring up Justin Fields, but Justin Fields feels like somebody, too, that's that's more of we'd like to see a little bit more. And then once again, if you if you traded uh, for 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 a guy like Justin Fields, you'd have to turn around and uh, uh, consider picking up that fifth year option on him and guaranteeing uh, that money just, you know, to 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 to, to make it worth whatever uh, whatever you'd have to give up to get him. You know, so it feels like you'd be committing to another if come for a couple more years and a lot at a, at a lot more substantial rate, too, because of uh, uh, the fifth year option uh, being being attached to them. Yeah, I, I just don't see that being the way because if you trade for a field like he's your starter, you can't. Right. There's no competition. There's no, OK, be the backup, Justin. You know, you're, you're trading. You're making that kind of move for for a guy like that. He's, he's your, your clear-cut week one starter. And I that, that, that would just go counter to what Mike Tomlin just said. Basically, what they've got themselves in is they've got themselves in a hole right now with, with, with selecting Pickett in the first round and, A, either needing him to, to, uh, to become a franchise guy or hope that Mason can bridge them to the next franchise guy. 
Yeah, and again, I mean, ideally for them, Pickett turns the corner and becomes the guy he was drafted to be. That That's their intent. That's why he's quarterback one, and let's hope the new OC can do it, and a, and a fresh start in a new year can do that. And again, we never, I mean, we, we barely got to see Pickett post-Canada. We got to see it for a game and a half. He played really well against the Bengals. He gets hurt in the first half against Arizona, and then it doesn't take another snap the rest of the way. So in, in, in fairness and grace to him, we really don't have a lot of information on what Pickett can look like post Canada. I don't like to blame the whole, you know, Pickett struggles on Canada. I think it's kind of lazy and just too broad, but half the reason why they fired Canada was probably to see how Pickett would look with a new OC in there, just a different guy calling the plays. And they never really got that opportunity. And here's the thing too, after the 2024 season, uh, in come, come, come May of 2025, you have to make a decision on Kenny Pickett's fifth year option. Right. And that'll be basically if, if 2024 goes well, then they'll pick it up. If it doesn't, then they won't. I think that decision will be pretty obvious by that point. You, you would hope that there's no gray area there. <laughs> yeah, there's gray area. It's typically a bad thing. If you're not, you know, if you're not sure, if you're always asking, are you the franchise guy? You're probably not the franchise guy. And the only way you get to that point where you, I mean, he would have to obviously play a lot and show you a lot in, 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 in 2024. Sure, absolutely. And so that, again, so you're with me. They're going to make every attempt to re-sign Rudolph and let oh, those yeah. guys truly just battle in training camp. Yeah, and then uh be interesting to see what else gets added to the room, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, that, that will play out. All right, jumping off of that, those were the big things. Tomlin's status, reconfirming that, uh, the OC situation, the quarterback situation, everything else felt less significant. Speaking of fifth-year options, although Mike Tomlin did not explicitly say it based on his comments about Najee Harris when asked about his fifth-year option, which will be due in May, I'm of the belief they will exercise and pick up that fifth-year option on Najee Harris. Yeah, it it it. It was a short answer uh, overall, but I think it speaks volumes of what they think about him. Uh, trying to find out. the, uh, He says, man, he's been what we needed him to be. He says, I read a stat. I think, you know, he's one uh, a 1,000-yard rusher three straight years and how scarce that is. And I just think that speaks to his consistency, uh, availability. He's been really solid. So I don't know how you can, I mean, it, 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 you know, one paragraph answer there, but uh, you have to come away with that thinking that they will exercise his fifth year option by the May deadline. Uh, here's to me now, now that it, it feels like that's more of a definitive and, and going to happen. Uh, here's, here's what my suggestion would be uh, for them. Uh, I, if you're, if you're, if you're to the point where you're confident with him moving forward for the next couple of years, because look, if you pick up the fifth year option, uh, that guarantees his six point, whatever million dollar salary for 2025. Right. Uh, right. uh, he's already probably pretty aggravated at the running market and, and all that goes along with it. Uh, I, I would consider going ahead and starting a clock on him, meaning do what the uh, the Panthers did with Christian McCaffrey several years ago. Now, I'm not talking about making him the highest paid running back in the NFL or anything like that, but I would go ahead and see about uh, uh, seeing if I could get him signed to a to a 
you know, multi-year deal this offseason and essentially starting the clock on him. Um and, you know, instead of waiting until the, the the salary to kick up to you know over six million dollars next year, you already have a firm basis of what his ceiling would be at his base salary in 2024. What the fifth year option amount would be in 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 2025, and what potentially a franchise tag on him would be in 2026. So if you already know, have a loose idea what the ceiling is for him to earn over the next three years. And if you're confident that, that, that he's going to be your guy for those next three years, go ahead and get a deal done with him. Question is what does the framework of that deal look like from a money standpoint? And I just feel like so many teams have regretted doing those second deals or extensions or, you know, free agent contracts with, with the position. I know he's been the probably the most durable running back in football since he entered the league, but I feel like just so many teams end up regretting those contracts. Sure. And look, you're talking. Right. Yeah, I feel like we, we switch roles over here. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to somebody, you know, you're talking to somebody here who's uh uh pro uh, fungible running back here, but, uh, it's not my analysis and what I think this team wants to do need to be separated. Sure. You know? no, of course. So what do you think an extension would look like monetarily? Well, uh, let's look at uh, what did we say his uh, fifth year option number is going to be? Six point six point two, six point five over six. All right, so let, let, let's put that uh, – all right, he is scheduled to earn in 2024 uh, a base salary of 2.439. So let's call that $2.44 uh, uh there. Uh, the fifth-year option amount – oh, let me find it uh, specifically here real quick here. Because you're uh, right, that'll set kind of the floor of a contract extension, I assume. Uh, 6.66 million for a fifth year option in 2024. So we got, uh, 2.4 and 6.6, uh, that puts us at a total of about what? 9 million total for the two years rounding essentially. Yes. All right. And what is the, oh, if I can find it here real quick, the, franchise tag these are never where i can find them real quick the franchise tag number alone for 2024 now obviously this would escalate uh would be 12.4 million for the running back position so let's bump that up to uh, let's bump that up to just astronomical 15 million all right, uh, on the safe side. So where were we? 15 million plus, what do we say? 10 million combined with the other two? Uh, you said 9 million. Okay, 9 million. So 24 million over three, three years is what you would kind of set the ceiling on him as. In other words, so say, look, if you, don't, if you don't take this deal, this is... If you reach all three of these years, this is what you're going to potentially earn if we don't do a deal with you. 
And that's best case scenario for you. That's this year's contract. That's the fifth year option. And then that's you getting the franchise tag uh, 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 in 2026. Right. Shouldn't Pittsburgh then have to beat that by a little bit to make it worth Harris's while to do the deal now? Or is it the knowledge of just getting the deal done now as opposed to hoping those things all take place? Sure, sure. But there's also the guaranteed money aspect of him getting mm-hmm. get, getting getting the deal done now. So let, let, let's even say it was uh, $28 million over three years. Okay. Something and, like that. And with, uh, you know, 12 to $13 million of it, that he can earn right out of the shoot between base salary and, 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 and signing bonus probably now, would, probably wouldn't be that high, but I'm just using that as a ceiling. Would this be three new years or two new years? Would this just wipe out his 2024 salary? And that'd be the first year of the new deal. Or, or how do I, how do I look at this? Well, what you could do is just leave his salary alone uh, for this year. Give him, I don't know. Uh, $12 million signing bonus. But does the contract run through? What would it, what would, how long would it run through if well, he signed it this off season? Well, what I would do is I, yeah, I, I would make it like a two year extension or three okay, year, that's, what, or, that's what I'm or, saying. Or, or, or a three year extension, but like two additional years. So sign him through 2025 and through 2026. Uh, hold on a minute here. Let me look at his, his I mean, I'm just deal. Yeah, I'm just trying because he's he signed. Uh, he's under contract through 2024. He's got the fifth year option. Well, ideally, what you're going to do would probably try to do this before the fifth year option go, goes right. goes on, on on the books. In other words, uh, within the next several weeks. Now, you could obviously do it after. There's no, there's nothing saying you don't. But what I, what I would suggest is is before you get to the actual drop dead date in May of picking up his fifth year option, just like the, just like the Panthers did with Christian McCaffrey. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but you know, it could be, it could be a, it could be a three year extension. uh, All right. But at least a two year extension that would keep him under contract through at least 2026. Okay. Now, now, the only benefit of adding the more years on is you're locking them up, and it gives you uh, a longer period of time to uh, because you can you can you can uh, account for the signing bonus over a max of five years. You mm-hmm. know? So, if you did a if you got this done before the fifth year or even after the fifth year option was exercised, then you know you could do a three additional years on top of 2025 or do this before, you know, that's semantics here. Yeah. I was just curious to see where we're going. We're going like. too far down the rabbit hole. There's <laughs> no such thing as that uh, on this uh, show uh, uh, for us, but uh, long story short, what I, I would think that if they're committed to him and committed to picking up this fifth year option uh, with him, just go ahead and get a deal done with him now. Mm-hmm. And then start start the clock on 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 the proration of the signing bonuses and all. Yeah, I get that. I mean, that makes sense. I like Najee, and if he wants to do that, then you explore it. Um, I just you're, I you're just... not going to significantly you're not going to significantly raise his four point one five one cap number in two thousand and twenty four by getting a deal done with him now. Sure, I understand that. 
Now, so. is that is that the right move? Well, look, I mean, the moment that you exercise that fifth year option, that six point six six million for two thousand twenty five becomes fully guaranteed. Right. That's a recent change under the the new CBA. Right. Correct. Right. So, I mean, you're already committing to paying him nine million dollars over the course of 2024 and 2025 by picking up that fifth year option. So why why not get the deal done with him? You know, if if if, if you're mm-hmm. going to commit to him, especially with his age and all, start the clock on him. Yeah, earlier than later. Then plus, if you don't get the deal, then there might be, does he do a hold-in? Does he make us think about it? That whole thing. And you just get it done, and it's done and taken care of. Right. So, I mean, I once again, like you said, we're, we're kind of switching roles here. But uh, you <laughs> know, I, I have to look at this as, okay, well, they're, they're, they're going to commit to him. So whether I like the decision or not, how, how, how do I foresee them moving forward with it? Right. Makes sense. So we'll, we'll, we'll see the med, the May deadline, what they do, if they do anything before it or not. But either way, point is they, they have some future plans for Najee Harris, it appears. Sure. All right. Moving on, uh, Broderick Jones, what is, what is his future plan? Is it left side or right side? Mike Tomlin said undecided right now. So I would like to see him go back at left tackle. I think even Jones made a reference to, you know, he'll do what the team tells him to do, of course, but acknowledging left tackle is his natural spot. So let's go put him back at left tackle, Dave. Well, uh, what what this has opened themselves up for is we'll see what we can get in a draft. Sure. Yeah, I, I understand that. But what is more important, the potential draft pick and the guy down the road or the dude you just traded up for in drafting? I think you take care of him first and then you figure out the rest. Yeah, but what if you what if what if somehow you get someone that you really like it, that 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 can play left tackle, you know. Yeah, I mean, I understand I, that, I, but I, I, that this that's the way this thing is likely headed with him, and mm-hmm. it's, it's probably the right the, the the best decision of all is to move him to left tackle. But I understand what I'm getting at is is I understand why he did not come out right right yesterday and say he is going to move to left tackle. Sure. I, I didn't know if I expected that. I'm just, my hope is that eventually the conclusion will be for him to go to left tackle. Sure. And I, I, I think that's the end result. All I'm saying is I understand why he did not come out and say, yep, Broderick Jones is our new left mm. tackle. Right. Yeah. I, I understood. I get that. Um, but hopefully just because, I mean, Jones struggled with pass protection. He was sure. not good in pass pro the last month. I don't know if that's a rookie wall thing. I don't know if that's you know, defenses, pass rushers getting tape on him or if it just, you know, I, I can't explain exactly why he was struggling so much all of a sudden, but he was. And I'm not saying left tackle is going to be the cure-all to those things, but it's going to help. It's not going to hurt. Uh, undecided as of yet, obviously he has capabilities in that area, but he was more than capable at right tackle as well, too. So he just, all, all, all that means is we've given ourselves some wiggle room. If something comes about in free agency or the draft that we view as a better option at, at, at right. left tackle. And listen, if they do move Jones to left tackle, I don't know who the right tackle is going to be. Won't be a core for very unlikely will be Dan Moore. It's going to be somebody not on this roster unless somebody like a Dylan Cook would really emerge here in his second year with the team. 
Yeah, look, he had a nice. Uh, he not, he only dressed for one game, right? Uh, or uh, and don't forget about Spencer too. You know what 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 they potentially because mm-hmm. because he is he is the one that actually dressed ahead of Dylan Cook. Yeah, but he was a little more versatile and could sure. play some center. I mean, and he's I, I mean he played right tackle, but I think he's more of an interior guy. And regardless, between those two, you can't pencil them in. Yeah. Right. Right now. Uh, I have a feeling if this doesn't come as a cast off uh, uh, free agent, somebody that they've done did had had their eye on, let's say, three or four years ago during the pre-draft process or something like that. uh, If it's not that, then you're probably looking at uh, a first four round draft pick being dedicated to that. Yeah, and potentially a high. I would not be mad for another high draft pick to get you a, a JC Lassam from Alabama or somebody like that to just you know put in on the right side and and go maul because they, they did like Jones run blocking on the right side even with his pass pro struggles to do was getting after it in the run game and that's attractive that's kind of your run sided dominant uh, direction so there, there's value in that standpoint but I just think you know Jones best spot is left tackle. All right, all that will come out in the wash here by the time the draft gets done. Right. All right. What else for Mike Tomlin? What else caught your attention from the uh, presser that he held yesterday? Uh, Cole Holcomb. When's Cole Holcomb going to be ready? Timetable appears to be training camp, but not a lot of, you know, commitment on that. Obviously, he's still going through his rehab. And do we even know exactly what the injury was. It just said knee, you know, severe yeah. knee. We know it was bad. It wasn't good. <laughs> but actually, I don't think I even know the actual details of the knee injury. I don't think we know either. All I know is the tape says not great, Bob. Yeah, not great indeed. Uh, what else here from Mike Tomlin? Just kind of scrolling on. Uh, he what? What do you think about uh, his comments about Patrick Peterson? I think it was just. I don't think it was a negative comment because he was asked about kind of the future of Peterson and kind of the deflected and just said we're at the infancy of our you know planning i think it that's true i mean they, they, their season just ended monday they got to work through things they have not decided and collaborated him and omar and uh you know art rooney to to figure out their exact plan so i, I didn't take that as an alarm bell for him it wasn't an endorsement obviously it would have been you know the odds of him staying would have gone up had tomlin said we love patrick peterson we hope he comes back we're excited for him coming back but I don't know if it was an alarm bell for him potentially not returning. Well, I mean, he's under contract, you know, so. Well, but there's uh, the roster bonus. They got to. Right, right. But uh, 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 here, here's the thing. Uh, would you bet everything you have based on what Mike Thomas, what little Mike Thomas did and did not say, would you bet everything you have that uh, Patrick Peterson will be on this roster? No, I wouldn't go that far. That's, where, bet I'm, that's where I'm yeah. going. But I would I would bet your house and not mine. That's oh, kind of my thanks. level of confidence right now. Thanks, my wife appreciate would, would appreciate <laughs> that. You're uh, welcome. You uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I think it makes sense that we had this conversation about what he what he what he's scheduled to earn versus what he brings to the room from a veteran leadership standpoint and all. But once again, I think Mike Tomlin left himself a little bit of wiggle room there. Yeah, he did for sure. There was not some sort of great commitment to Patrick Peterson, but I do think for the reasons we talked about before, uh, he will return. Uh, anything else? I mean, those are kind of the big things. Everything else was smaller on Porter, on Friermuth, on Tomlin's own intensity about, that's grown over time. What about DeMarvin Leal and uh, ah. Presley Harvin the third? Yeah, I forgot about those things. Yeah, Leal basically saying he's got to play better. He's got to figure stuff out. And then if he does, he'll get the chance to play. We talk about disappointments, and especially with an aging Hayward and Ogunjobi in his 30s. There's just no D-line depth 
a defensive end for this team right now. And uh, to say the least, as Tomlin indicated, Harvin, well, actually, Tomlin was wrong. He said that Harvin was not consistent down the stretch. He was consistent. <laughs> he was just consistently miserable, <laughs> which is not the consistency you're looking for. Look, we talked about him all most of the season there. And it, uh, he, it, Tomlin was also wrong in saying, I, I acknowledge that Presley Harvin wasn't consistent enough, particularly down the stretch. You can remove uh, particularly down the stretch. I thought he was decent the first six weeks of the year, especially in those like, you know, coffin corner, pin deep situations. I thought he was actually pretty good, but but he was a, a wreck from like the last half of the season on. Plain and simple, this team needs a new punter in yes. the story. Tory Taylor, you are a stealer. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Okay. Don't have to change your uniform. I don't know if it'll be him, but they need they need a punter. They need a field flipper. I mean, it's been three years of Harvard. The results have been middling at best. Just time to move on. Uh, obviously the praise that he gave Keanu Benton, uh, not unexpected. The same with Joey Porter Jr. Uh, what else did he have to say that was relevant? We're talking about about George Pickens, his maturity. It has been in all areas in terms of him growing quote in football and in life, but there's a lot of meat on that bone. And I'm excited about continuing to be a component of that process with him End quote. All right. What about the health of this team heading into the offseason that he got out of the way early? Yeah, pretty good overall. It was a little kick in the pants to hear Tomlin say had Pittsburgh beaten Buffalo that TJ Watt probably would have played against Baltimore. That would have been that'd have been a fun storyline to have. Yeah, we'll never, I wish he we'll wouldn't have told us that. <laughs> yeah, just kind of twist the knife a little bit more, Mike Tomlin. Other than that, said there's going to be some, you know, standard procedures and cleanup type stuff. No major surgeries expected. Thomas did not give the list of names, obviously, but we can assume somebody, you know, I'm just, we're speculating, but Najee Harris, Isaac Sayamalu, Landon Roberts, and probably some others we don't even any, any any clue about, but those are potential guys who could get some, some cleanups done this offseason. Yeah, I think uh, the, uh, obviously the one to watch is the re- rehabilitation of Cole Holcomb and we won't know more about that till later in the off season, but uh, will he be ready for OTAs? Uh, if not, will he be ready by the start of camp? A uh, lot of poor guy coming up, came off of a, what was it? A foot injury the season before. Uh, and then now a knee injury. And you, you kind of wonder about that, 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 that inside linebacker room. Yeah, they were a cursed room. Quan Torres, Achilles for the second time in his career. Roberts, I, I don't even know how Roberts played the last couple right. of games of the season. Like Groin, I'm sure, was probably still an issue. The pack, he's playing with one arm out there. Dude's a warrior, but yeah, that room got the crap kicked out of them this year. True or false? Uh, the Steelers need to address the inside linebacker within the first four rounds of the 2024 NFL draft. I've spoken about the need to finally invest draft picks in the position, but I just think given all the other needs and assuming Holcomb can return and you have Roberts under contract and another year from Mark Robinson, and maybe you bring Quan back in camp just to see how he looks, I'll say false to that, just given there's there's so many other needs elsewhere. I'm on the other side of the fence as you. I say true. Well, you got you only have you know four picks here. You got sure. center, you got tackle, you got corner, safety, defensive line, 
slot receiver. I mean, you got a lot of needs and something's going to have to give. I mean, ideally I would like to, but I just think your hierarchy of needs, you got a half dozen things to look at before that. I think you got to figure something out. Uh, yeah, well, and look, I mean, you, you said it, you got a lot of different uh, areas that you want to uh, uh, throw darts at here, you know, in, 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 in the draft here. Look, this team has a first, as, as we sit right now, this team has a first round pick, a second round pick, a third round pick, and two fourth round picks. Okay. Where's that extra fourth come from? Is that where the is Rams? That, uh, Oh, and the dots and the Dotson deal, or is this uh, a Robinson thing? Was that did, the that was the Robinson thing, wasn't it? Was it, or was it? I don't think they picked up a fourth from Robinson. That was something. It was a smaller level deal. They were just a salary dump. Is this a Dotson pick swap kind of thing? Maybe. What was the Dotson? Maybe that, that was, was the there were there were a couple day three and like twenty four and twenty five pick swaps. Maybe that's it. I, I'd have I don't have the details of the deal in front of me, but I'm thinking it's more likely Dotson than it is from the Robinson trade, but I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. It was uh traded. Uh, the Rams traded it's 2024 fourth round draft pick and it's 2025 fifth round draft pick to the Steelers in exchange for Dotson and the Steelers 2024 fifth round draft pick and the Steelers 2025 six round draft pick. So they got the extra fourth via Dotson. That's right. But they don't currently have a fifth round pick in 2020, 2024 then. Is that correct? Uh, they do not have a fifth round pick. That's what went to the Rams as part of that Dotson deal. Okay, gotcha. So you still have, I mean, it's, it's better to have the two fourth round picks, but you still have sure. four picks there, I guess, in your, um, what would it be? Five picks in the first five rounds still. You have five picks within the first 120 picks of the draft, it looks like. Gotcha. So again, a lot of needs in free agency. We'll fill some of those things, obviously, in Pittsburgh, I'm sure we'll, you know, and this may be a good time to talk about salary cap updates and space and where this team kind of stands on the onset of the 2024 offseason. So it is the offseason when Dave Bryan puts up that Steelers football with the ref- reflection there uh, in, the, in the photo of the article, the salary cap update. So give us the snapshot, the the, the skinny on what uh, fans have to know about Pittsburgh's cap situation, Dave. All right. First and foremost, uh, what about Cam Hayward? Not taking a pay cut, according to Cam Hayward. He said, screw the people taking a pay cut. That was on his Not Just Football podcast. And so that's really in line with what we talked about on Wednesday's show that not going to 100% rule that out pre-Hayward comments, but a restructure and just reducing his base salary, turning that into a, a signing bonus was more likely than him just simply taking less money. Right. Uh, he's going to be back, right? Yes. A, he confirmed he's not retiring, and I think Pittsburgh will certainly welcome him back. It, this past year was just a tough year from an injury standpoint. Even when hurt, you know, the dude still played good run defense. At the very least, he's still a great run defender. The pass rush will return. He just had no explosiveness this year. He couldn't fire off the football. Not going to make it. He said he couldn't run. We, we said he couldn't run, and he said yesterday he couldn't run. <laughs> yeah, I heard that comment. Yeah, I thought of you whenever I, I heard him uh, make that comment. Yeah, I mean, the guy couldn't. I mean, just a crappy year. So you just move on. And, and, and listen, the guy sounds like he wants to play past 2024. He's not necessarily calling 2024 a swan song. So we'll see. But if he gets an extension, then he'll be under contract potentially through, you know, 2025. All right. Uh, he says he's not going, he's not up for taking a pay cut. 
Uh, he said that he wants to return. He says he wants the option of potentially playing more than just one year. There's only one way to lower his cap number, and that is with uh, an extension like we talked about the other day, uh, probably something with no new money in the first year. You just move money around, take a, a good chunk of that $16 million, turn it into a signing bonus, add two years at whatever base value you want to attach to those things, and I I – I think that you can get th something done there that ends up lowering his cap number by nine, nine and a half million dollars. I think that's something that we should expect to happen. It's just a matter of how much, how, 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 how far down do you want to lower his cap number and what you want those 2025 and 2026 uh, base salaries to look like. So, uh, you know, it's hard to exactly predict what that's going to look like, but I would I would say that's the rough framework uh, when it comes to that. All right, as far as this team's cap situation uh, goes, first and foremost, uh, Joel Corey uh, thinks that the cap number for 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 the season is going to be around two hundred forty two point five million. So we'll use that as a starting point. Uh, this team, as it looks like right now, will carry over two point three four million in unused salary cap space from two thousand and twenty three. Uh, if you look at the because of this team uh, we didn't tell the people about the uh the futures guys yep, i had that on my list here um yeah 17 players signed to reserve future contracts many of them on the team's practice squad but some outsiders as well probably the biggest outsider name added was former saints wide receiver marquez calloway uh, who had a really good i think 2020 season with the saints he was a, a james washington type i compared him to coming out of tennessee I uh, really did not play this past year, so that's a name to uh, to watch for if he makes it to training camp. Right. So uh, the byproduct of them signing all those reserve futures deals is now that you have a uh, gives you a rule of fifty one uh, to work with during the off season here. And when you look at that rule of fifty one, now I did not. Uh, I, I probably should have, but I didn't. I did not factor in uh, the uh, the Dan Moore proven performance escalator bump that he's that he's going to get at the start of the new league year. Uh, that's gonna go. That's gonna cause his, his uh, him to increase like another two million dollars. So let's go ahead and use a rough uh, figure of two million. Uh, what, what what is the exact difference? Uh, let's just uh, let's just use that two million dollars as a loose figure here. This team, as we sit right now with the current rule of fifty one that they have, uh, along with the expected proven performance escalator jump for Dan Moore, based on a two hundred forty two million point uh, five million dollar uh, cap number for the league in 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 two thousand twenty four. Uh, that puts this team around 17.1, 17.3 million over the cap. Okay. Which sounds scary, but Which, please calm us all down. They're driving off of roads and bridges right, and all that. Day. Right. All right. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Alan Robinson uh, is due a $10 million base salary in 2024. Barring him taking that thing damn near down to the minimum or, or, or thereabouts, he's going to be out the door. Right. Right. All right. There's you $10 million prior to roster displacement. So I took your 17, let's call it a 17.3 number that we're dealing with to, 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 to get compliant here. Uh, 17.3. I just decreased that by 
you know, roughly 10 million after roster displacement. So now we're down to 7.3 roughly over the cap. Uh, Chiquamo Corfor. Doesn't sound like he's going to be back, does it? Uh, nope, he's sound, gone. Sound like he can't wait to get out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, terminating his contract would free up $8.75 million in 2024 salary cap space prior to his displacement. Uh, so after displacement of both those guys, bada bing, bada boom, uh, you are cap compliant, Alex. It's confetti raining down in my house. All right. right now. now, you don't just need to be cap compliant, right? You need to have some room to work with uh, in, 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 in free agency. Uh, I theorize that this team will want to open up the start of the new league year with, I don't know, about 10 or $12 million in available salary cap space uh, to work with. Uh, that's why if you can get something done with Cameron Hayward's contract, uh, early in the off season, as opposed to later to let's say free up nine, nine and a half million dollars in salary cap space that would work beautifully into the plan of having 10 to $12 million in salary cap space to work with during free agency. So there is another direction that you could see this team go between now and the middle of March when it comes to freeing up cap space. Uh, some other guys that you, I think you have to have discussions about. Uh, Larry Joby, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Cole, and Patrick Peterson. All four of those guys have roster bonuses due right after the start of the new league year. Will all four of them be out the door? Probably not all four. I mean, look, I mean, Larry Joby. if you cut Larry Joby, you know, what, what does that do to that room? Yeah. Again, the depth in Pittsburgh at the tackle, the end, you know, because Benton's going to play down the middle most of the time is, is really weak right now. So you better have a good plan. If you do ship Larry, I'm not, I, 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 he is a guy that you better have a discussion about plain and simple. Uh, Trubisky. If you get Mason Rudolph done, he's uh, he's going to be out the door. That will free you up uh, $2.94 million prior to roster displacement there. Might as well call that another $2 million uh, saved there. Doesn't that just wash, though, because you're working under the assumption Rudolph is resigned, who's going to add a cap number to that? Sure, sure. I mean, that, that that's fair. Okay. How much would... A reasonable interpretation of Hayward, how much would that save for 2024? Which would that free up? Uh, about nine, nine and a half million dollars. If- okay. So if you, if you did that, you're already looking at, you know, almost 10 million. You're actually over 10 million dollars in terms of cap space right, right then and there. Sure. And that gets you through free agency. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, but, but long story short, this, I, I imagine there's conversations going on about Joby, Trubisky, Cole, uh, Patrick Peterson, because of them having roster bonuses uh, sure. uh, uh, due. Uh, there's conversation about what to do with Cameron Hayward's contract and when to do that. Uh, the other thing out there that this team can do, and I expect them to do at some point, is Alex Highsmith is the perfect candidate for a contract restructure 
this offseason uh, okay. on the heels of him signing that new deal. Uh, you can free up seven point a little more than seven point two million dollars there uh, with 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 that. Uh, you know, this past offseason, we went into it thinking, what are they going to have to do? Would they have to do? They did a they did a contract restructure with with Minka Fitzpatrick early in the offseason. Uh, the only question was, would they have to touch T.J. Watt's contract uh, prior to the start of the 2023 regular season? Well, they ended up not having to touch that. Good, good on them. They're, mm-hmm. uh, they're. I'm 80% sure they're going to have to do Alex Highsmith's restructure that, and okay. and him and him alone. There's really not really any good. Uh, there's guys that you could go to if you got in emergency situations to to restructure their deal to free up cap space but uh uh because of tj watt being later in his contract now and you already doing minka fitzpatrick last year uh and with alex highsmith being the fresh new big deal on the blocks it makes perfect sense that he he becomes the perfect candidate so will that happen before the start of the new league year will it happen before the start of the regular season i don't know but I would look look forward to uh, something being done there. That feels like more of a June, July type of thing than it will be a before you know March thirteenth kind of thing. But as you said, we'll see. Right now, there's there's obviously attrition that will happen in the rule of fifty one. You know what's going to happen with guys like uh, let's just. Pull out a couple of names here. Keanu Neal, uh, DeMonte Casey. You know, it feels like Elena Roberts is going to be back, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd be very surprised if he was caught. Uh, Nate Herbig. Nah, he'll um, be back. You think he's going to be back? Uh, you know, some of these other guys that at least would, you would think would survive middle of March, right? For sure. Right. But to your point, just simply cutting Allen Robinson, cutting Chukwuma core for and restructuring Kim Hayward takes you from 17 million over the cap to more than $10 million under the cap. Just those three moves alone. All right. And that gives you that 10 to $12 million range. Plus you might have another guy comes off the roster here. uh, You know, Uh, somebody uh, that frees you up that, that gets you in the area of, of 10 to $12 million of available cap space to work with in free agency. And people might say, man, 10 to 12 million don't, don't sound like a lot, but when you factor in uh, uh, top 51 roster displacement and first year cap hits of anybody that you go get uh, look, they're probably going to try to, like you said, they're probably going to try to resign uh, Mason Rudolph you know that might end up washing with 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 Mitch Trubisky what what mm-hmm. his cap number you know uh, is scheduled to be for 2024. So that might be a wash there. You're probably going to want to try to maybe do something with uh, uh, Miles Killebrew, right? Right. There are some free agents to bring back. No one super high level, but Killebrew is one. Maybe a Boykin. Probably somebody else. Maybe a couple other names on low level deals. Um, in terms, this also your number bakes in. Restricted for agents, or how are we looking on on the restricted exclusive rights uh, for agents? Uh, uh, exclusive, uh, 
exclusive guys aren't 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 a problem because you're tender, tendering them at minimum salaries. So okay. uh, there's there's nothing really to lose uh, to to worry about cap space expenditure wise uh, when it when it when it comes to them. Now, when you look at the restricted free agents, we saw the way this team treated the restricted free agents last year, right? Uh, not not tendering any of them, right? I think so. Who are though? There were your your number does not assume those those tenders will be picked up because we don't know what what level they're going to be. So who are the restricted free agents? Who even are the exclusive rights guys? Just to get a lay of the land in terms of those names. All right, Dylan Cook is the only exclusive rights guy that okay. you you have to worry about. So you just bring him. You you tender him the one year minimum. Yep. Uh, uh, contract there. There's nothing lost there. Your other guys, Godwin, Igwe, Buke, you're not going to restrict the tender that guy. No. Uh, you, if, if you try to bring him back, you're going to bring him back on a, uh, a two-year deal where his cap hits super low. Uh, for for if if indeed you do anything, more you know what you do is you go to him and offer him a one year veteran yeah, uh, minimum deal uh, 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 benefit deal. Uh, Chappelle Russell, who probably people didn't even know is still on the roster on IR. You're not going to do anything there. Correct. Uh, the only other guy, uh, Rennell Wren, who's also on the IR. You're not going to do anything there. Right. Uh, the only other guy is Christian Coots. Restricted. Okay. And you can do a probably just original round or, or two year deal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, 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 if if you're comfortable with him, uh, you do a two-year deal that keeps his uh, 2024 cap number down. I don't think you want to go out and give him a, you know, original round tender. I mean, you because we're getting expensive these days. These yeah. tenders are not cheap. Yeah, I think you're right. Two-year deal is probably the the way to go with Koontz. So that I I didn't bake. I didn't even mention. Uh, the the restricted or the exclusive rights free agents because I just I don't think anything notable gets done there. Once again, if you bring back Igwe Buque, that's probably going to be uh, on either a minimum value deal uh, or I mean, well, let's see, he is restricted, so he, you uh, you just wouldn't tender him and then yeah. sign him back to a one year yeah. benefit deal. Yeah, like, and, like Pierre and, last year, I think was similar to that. Exactly, uh, and Coots. I, I think what you try to do is do a two year deal on him. Yeah, before even the tender deadline, like he never right. gets for agency. You just do a contract, the tender goes away. So it, it's good to know though, because last year the tenders were there were some restricted guys that were notable. We were talking about this year though, that conversation really is not going to take place. Yeah, and like you said, that number's getting up there. You better have you better have a damn good reason to restrict a tender a guy. And mm-hmm. other than coots, you don't have that. You don't have that problem. Right. So important. It's not impacting things, but it's important context to the overall cap situation. All right. Now, obviously, I lay out every year the future cost involved down the road past the start of the new league year. Um, when you look at the rookie draft pool offset of of uh, uh, roughly three point nine million, that's a cost that you've got to be able to afford uh, your 52nd and 53rd player. That's almost one point six million dollars in cap space. Your practice squad, that's four million dollars. You got to be able to afford. Uh, I built in a two million dollar IR buffer for the start of the season for any of the guys that got to go on IR. Um uh, your projected mandatory workout bonus placeholder charge, which is less than a million. And how much will this team want to take into the regular season 
as available salary cap space. Last year, I worked with a number of $9 million based on the previous two, two off seasons. They ended up going into this past season, I think, with around $6.3 million in available salary cap space. So as a placeholder, I have $6 million. I've lowered that down to $6 million uh, this year. You add all that up, 6, 2, 8, 12, uh, 16, 17 and a half. You're looking at about $18 million at some point closer to the start of the season. You have to be able to afford. Yeah, not a small number, but again, you have the high Smith restructure and I don't know what other options you have to, to get there, but you can probably attrition from guys that don't make the 53 man roster. Uh, 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 once again, you know, the, 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 the Highsmith restructure will, will, will help out in all like that. Uh, and then how much unused from unrestricted free agency is left over mm-hmm. at, at, at that point. Uh, so I mean, it, it, it's going to be a chore on the back half of, of the off season, but it's nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, these are fixed costs that, that are, that are associated with this thing every year. Right. Right. And they plan this stuff out and it's all baked in. I'm sure there's a direction. What is your expectation just loosely in terms of how aggressive they'll be in free agency? Will it be like the last two years were for Pittsburgh standards? It was pretty aggressive. Or do you think it's going to be a little more mellow this year, smaller contracts, fewer people being brought in? It will be well. You got to remember a big chunk of what they did last year revolved around Larry Ogunjobi, their own, right? Yeah, but there was like say Amalu came in. You signed Peterson. I mean, you lost Cam Sutton, but you know there was there were some decently sized free agents who were brought in. Yeah, but as far as you know, first year cap numbers went and all like that. I mean, say uh, yeah, uh, say Amalu was 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 a big one. Uh, I envision it being similar to last year or slightly lower they're not they're not going to go hog wild right they never do but yeah no. but do you think it, it could still be similar where they're going to sign maybe two or three starting level free agents or guys that can be in that mix to start for some some decent money sure i, I okay. think that's that's that, that's possible and then obviously as you work your way into uh the off season you'll have those veteran benefit guys or them them, them extreme low level guys and, and and things of that nature they're they're not going to no they're not going to go out and i don't think and sign the league's top uh one or two free agent tackles uh they're not you know name name another position yeah, top corner that's out there. Right. It's not going to happen. And, and also, I mean, obviously, again, as you said, the cap is malleable in first year cap hits. But if you tried, like, how could you even try to shoehorn a Kirk Cousins into your team contractually? It would be very difficult. I mean, I'm sure you could do it. You, you but- could. There's always a way to do it. Keep that in mind. It, there's always a way to do it. It's just to what degrees do you want to go about doing that? Yeah, the, the cost of not being able to add elsewhere to your roster probably because, I mean, he's again, you can read structure deals, but it's not going to be cheap. It's going to be tough to do. And that's another, you know, Russell, you know, I don't know. They, they say Wilson's going to play for like the minimum. I don't think he's going to go play for the minimum, even though I know Denver's on the hook for all that money. He's still going to get paid what he wants to get paid. I mean, that, that's my interpretation of how Wilson will, will address his uh, likely free agency. Russell Wilson ain't going to play for no minimum, I don't think. There ain't no yeah. way. 
I've heard um, people say that though. Like he'll take a million because he's going to get paid by Denver. It's like he'll take both. He'll get he's he's going to double dip, man. He's a starting quarterback. You know that that's you're going to get paid. Uh, we'll see. Uh, your value is your value, and you should stick to your value. Yeah, but either way, again, point is based on Tomlin's comments. Um, but just even have the thought, even if they wanted to go get a top quarterback, it would be or a veteran quarterback could be tough to do. And and look, once again, this is, I mean, the, the season just ended. So this is an outlook that's, that's very, very loosely based until some of these dominoes like a Cam Hayward and, and some of these, we get a finalized, you know, we know who's gone from the contract terminations uh, and keep in mind that uh, as the off season progresses, this team's probably going to want to extend Pat Firemuth, right? Uh, we talked about, uh, we'll see what happens with Najee Harris. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you extend, if you sign both those guys to contract extensions, their, their 2024 cap numbers will slightly increase, not astronomical, but it's enough where you have to be able to accommodate it, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Those things all get factored in. So we'll keep tracking it. I'm sure you'll have another post. When do you think your next cap update will come? A little while from now, probably once things start going in the getting in the motion. Unless we have a significant update uh, to the rule of fifty-one, meaning something happened with 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 uh, uh, Cam Hayward's contract, uh, uh, an early offseason restructure for Highsmith, which, which I don't think is going to happen, but could happen, uh, and contract terminations. I mean, those are those are the things that could significantly shape the rule of 51. So unless something like that happens, I'll just, you know, th- there's probably not going to be a lot, lot to pass along as far as updates go. Gotcha. Can I can I take you down the rabbit hole too far? I know we already did that once today, but I'm going to do it one more time here in our very early offseason snapshot. Are there any potential come training camp? trade candidates anybody who could get dealt away the way that kendrick green and kevin dotson were dealt away this past summer yeah that's a good question let's look and i know that's obviously dependent on free agency who they bring in when they you know sign nate herbig and isaac say malu that's when you went okay dotson's gonna not be part of this 2023 roster just a matter of when he gets moved and how he gets moved so i know those things you know there's a domino effect but i'm just curious if you could just think I don't have a particular name in mind as I kind of run through the roster in my head, but just curious to see where things might stand down the road. Uh, I know people, I know there's going to be people to throw out there, trade Deontay Johnson, but they're not trading Deontay Johnson. I, I just don't see that. No, those rumors have been around since the day he signed that contract extension. Um, they're not going to deal him. And if you don't deal Chukwama core for before you cut him, which once again, I, I mean, could it happen? I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's definitely not going to happen. I just, I would be very surprised if they found a team. If they did find a team to take Chukwama Korfor off their hands uh, by the, before the time that his $4 million roster bonus is due in, 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 in March, uh, I can't see that being, maybe you get your fifth round pick, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, out of that. Uh, but I mean, we're not talking, we're talking about him being gone anyway. So it's not anything that's going to, you know, it's just how he's gone becomes the difference, you know? Right. I, I, I still don't see the trade value. I'll, I'll give you two names and we're just spitballing names. I'm not trying to say this concretely. The Marvin Leal, just as somebody, somebody may want to take on a cheap rookie contract. Maybe they have a better system that can make him work. It's not going to work in Pittsburgh. 
what happens to Dan Moore Jr. If they go draft a right tackle, if they go sign a tackle and move Jones to left tackle and he's your your starter um, without that versatility, they, they like Dan Moore. They appreciate his hard work. I still like Dan Moore more than 95% of Steelers Nation, but there may be some questions about a left tackle on the market that may have some sort of value. Well, even with his proven performance escalator raise, uh, he's not killing you to, uh, and because of you having to protect yourself with uh, uh, at least guys with experience on the depth chart, and even if you come out of the draft with 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 a uh, another tackle that you like and all like that, you you'd have to get your 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 doors blown off by somebody offering you something for him, which is not going to happen with him being in the final year uh, 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 of his deal. Right. Right. No, I agree. There's value in keeping Dan Moore for sure. But if he's only a backup left tackle and really can't play the right side, there is some limitations he has because usually once you're a backup offensive lineman to have that versatility and it doesn't really seem like Moore has that. If, if uh, he ended up becoming a trade, you know, tradable guy, it would happen much in the same time frame that Kevin Dotson got shipped out. Sure. Oh, yeah. This is not happening March or April or anything like that. And again, they're going to have to probably add somebody to they say they go sign a veteran tackle or Dylan Cook emerges and has a really good you know year in Pittsburgh and he can play both tackle spots. Things will have to happen for this to come up. But I'm just thinking you know, I, there's a plausible scenario, I think, in which that's at least a conversation. I mean, who in their right mind would trade for Leal, give you anything of, of substance based on on his tapes? So I mean, far? it's going to be like a Kendrick Green deal. It's not going to be really – there's not going to be much substance to it, but maybe some team who was high on him in the draft. I mean, it, it's not working in Pittsburgh. I mean, so yeah, I think you at least – the way the Kendrick Green didn't work in Pittsburgh, a third-round pick, and it just – we tried it, it. It's not working out. Does, does some other team want to flip him for a seventh-round pick? All right, I'll throw one other name out, out there as a, 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 an extreme hypothetical here. Uh, let's say, uh, because the conversation about Mason Cole is an interesting one. Look, he obviously, the, the, the pushback is he should be gone and he should be gone before that $1.5 million, uh, roster bonus is paid. But if, if you did, if you did cut him, uh, right out of shoot before the draft, what happens if you don't get a center that you like in the draft? Sure. And typically this team will hold on to that veteran until they know they have a, a backup plan or another direction they can go. So I know people won't like it, but I can I can see Cole sticking around for longer than people think. That's where I'm going here. Don't I'm not saying it's going to happen, but don't be shocked if he sur- if he survives the 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 one point five million dollar roster bonus. OK, now. Let's say he does, for some reason, survive the middle of March. And then you get to the draft and you get a center early that you like. Uh, and then you run, you go later on into the summer. You're, you know, you, look, if you, carry, if you carry Mason Cole past the, the, the middle of March, you might as well cut, uh, carry him through the greater part of the summer, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, now. You come out of uh, you come out of uh, uh, preseason saying, "Man, this rookie center that we have, he's going to be our starter here." Then maybe you explore trading away Mason Cole to a team that loses a center or some something like that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, wasn't he traded once? Was he traded from Arizona to Minnesota? Seemed like Am he I was. getting that wrong. 
I think he was dealt. I know it doesn't mean much, but he actually has been traded before, at least I'm pretty sure, uh, earlier in his career before he went from Minnesota. To in Pittsburgh. March of 2021. What did was, he get? What was the conversation? Uh, Minnesota announced that it has added Mason Cole to the roster in a deal with Arizona. The Vikings sent a six-round pick uh, in the 2021 draft to the Cardinals in return. Okay. So, yeah, I think that that's actually you know, a, a realistic scenario. Cause you'd need that cap space, you know? Yeah. It would free up. I, I can see that. You know, you, you want to make sure you have a, a backup center at that point. Not quite sure who that would be. Maybe a Spencer Anderson can get some more work there or somebody else emerges, but yeah, I think again, we're just speculating. We're way down the road, but that that's plausible. Right. So if you want to really realistically talk about anybody, in a, once again, this assumes he survives the middle of March, but if he does, then I think he becomes a candidate to potentially trade, depending on who you think your starting center will be for 2024. Right. Because as you said, if you, if you pick up his roster bonus, you're going to carry him through training camp. Why would you not do that? I mean, he's, you know, he's going to have experience. You, you know, you never know injuries can happen. You already paid the bonus. You carry him through, through at least through training camp. Right. If, if he survives the middle of March, he's probably going to survive training camp. At least getting to the end of training camp right. and then you decide what happens from there. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right. Uh, well, do we have anything else here? Uh, I think Kim Hayward, yeah, I mentioned his pay cut. All right. I think before we do our reader emails, uh, before we do our picks for this divisional weekend, this group of eight, let's hear from, let's hear from our friends, Dave over at my bookie. Yeah, let's do that. Gear up sports fans. Uh, NFL playoffs are here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Don't just watch score big with exclusive boosted odds and huge prize contests that'll have you feeling the Super Bowl fever before it even hits. Whether you're a seasoned pro or ready to roll for the first time, my bookie is your ticket to turning your sports knowledge into cold, hard cash. MyBookie has the largest online lineup of odds, contests, and Vegas-style casino games, making it your ultimate destination for all type of fun, 24-7, right at your own fingertips. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, the wait is over for you. Make your winning move today. And sign up at MyBookie, use promo code TERRIBLE, that's promo code TERRIBLE, to claim your deposit up to $1,000. That's right, promo code for TERRIBLE for an opportunity to boost your betting power right at sign up. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your own home, because with MyBookie, you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Join MyBookie today and be part of the winning team. All right, Dave, no Pittsburgh to pick this week, but the divisional round marches on for uh, eight teams overall still to play in this divisional round, including Baltimore, San Francisco, getting their first crack at participating in this year's playoff. Let's uh, let's make our picks. All right. How about the Houston Texans on the road against the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, the Ravens, uh, huge favorites in this nine and a half points. They are laying at home against the Texans. Yeah, it's a big line. Um, been super impressed, of course, by CJ Stroud, D'Amico Ryans. I just look at that Ravens defense and the, the Texans have a run game. I just feel like the run game has not been strong enough. It's been maybe a bit better with Singletary. I'm going to go Baltimore, though. Uh, what's the weather like going to be uh, this weekend there, too? Mm, good question. It's a snowstorm here. Got a, got a good amount of snow this morning, but it might 
might clear out by the weekend. Yeah, I think ball. Uh, you know, I, I think what Houston has done has been super impressive and all. I worry about uh, going on the road, a rookie quarterback, uh, that defense uh, uh, of the Ravens, and having time to prepare here. Uh, I put it nine and a half though. That's, 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 yeah, that's, that's too, you know what? I've got to play catch up on you anyway. I sucked. You know what? Last week, uh, get, I think, I think the Ravens win this, uh, give me the Texans plus nine and a half though. Uh, I'll go the other side of the uh, fence on on y'all net. The Green Bay Packers on the road against the San Francisco 49ers, uh, 49ers laying nine and a half in this one. One seats get nine and a half. Um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Love, the way they took it to to Dallas, I just think San Francisco is so strong, so well-rounded. Can somebody cover here? I'm going to take the 49ers. I'm going to be boring and chalk and take the one seats to to uh, win by double digits. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I got to make up some ground on you. I'm going to have to go the other way. I think San Francisco wins this. Maybe they win it by nine. Give me the Packers plus nine and a half here. Uh, the Detroit Lions are hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, this should be a fun game to watch. Uh, the Lions, uh, six and a half point home favorites uh, in uh, in. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, uh, who's, who's their head coach? Uh, the Buccaneers. Dan Campbell. Yeah, oh, no. uh, Todd Bowles. Oh yeah. No. I know where you're going. Go ahead. Yeah. He was asked about, uh, uh, getting his team ready for the, for, for the elements and all <laughs> like that. He had to politely say that the lions play indoors, uh, there, uh, lions laying six and a half points at home against the Buccaneers. What say you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, happy for Detroit success. It's been kind of a fun storyline to follow, especially now the Pittsburgh season is done, but give credit to Tampa Bay, man. No one talks about them. They just, I mean, they took it to Philadelphia who I know is crashing and burning and, you know, a mess right now with their season over, but Bulls done a good job. That defense is solid. Lions may win. I'll take the bucks to cover. I'll take the lions. I'll go to the other side. I'll finally take the, uh, the favorite to cover here. I'll lay the six and a half points against Tampa Bay there. All right. How about the Buffalo bills hosting the Kansas city chiefs? Uh, this should be a good one to close out, uh, this week's games. The bills laying two and a half points against the chiefs at home. Yeah. I mean, Allen versus Mahomes part four or whatever part six. I'm not even sure how many times they've met. It's been a pretty even series though. Um, yeah, this one's this one's challenging for sure. At home, I think they're calling for more snow. I know they're calling for more shovelers in Buffalo right now. I'm going to go with the Bills. You know what? I like. Uh, I think the Bills have have have, have got together. If Josh Allen's on and you can't get the football away from, him, that's going to be to to to, to meet a big test. And I think Kansas City still. You know, they've looked good on offense at times, but other times not so much. I wonder who's going to have the better defense here. Long story short, I think the Bills take them uh, this time. Uh, this is the only one I think I will go with you on this uh, this 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 weekend. I will take the Bills to lay the two and a half points against the Chiefs. All right, sounds good. Now we ran long today. We found a way to do almost two hours, uh, even with nothing happening from a game preparation standpoint. But let's get to a couple of reader emails and close out today's show, Dave. All right, let's see what we have in the email machine here. We will start with... Uh, Larissa writes in hard reset question mark, Dave and Alex, thanks for the great coverage all year long, entertaining, extensive analysis and honesty. Love it. Out of the 2021 and 2022 first and second round draft picks, who do you think will be on the team? The longest Najee, Firemuth, uh, Kenny 
or George Pickens. So of 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 Najee Fryermuth, Kenny Pickett, or George Pickens, who will be the last man standing? It's a really good question. I don't have a, a great answer that comes to mind immediately. I will say Friar Muth as that, not that he's Heath Miller, but that Heath Miller career of just stays in that one city for his entire career, plays 10 plus years. If he can just avoid those concussions, I'll go with Friar Muth. That's where I'm leaning as well, too. Uh, now, look, obviously, if Kenny turns things around and gets the fifth year option picked up and you do a long-term deal with them after that, but there's too much if come, uh, when it, when it's related, uh, to that, uh, I, I still think, I think George Pickens will, will end up not signing a second deal with the Steelers, at least where I sit here today, even though Najee could get a new deal here as early, maybe as this off season, will, would he outlast Firemuth? I from where I am right now, I kind of doubt it. So Firemuth would be uh, my choice. Uh, the question goes on. If you personally were given the choice to hit a hard reset on the Steelers, would you do it? And if yes, how long would that kind of rebuild take? And would you build starting from a quarterback or build everything else around them first? Well, I don't know exactly what hard reset means. I think in, you can talk about that in theory, but in practice, what does that look like? To try to better, to the best of my abilities, answer that question, I think at some point this team will have to go back to the draft and try to find its franchise quarterback again. Not going to be this year based on what they're likely to do, but if it was my choice, that's the direction I'm going to start really looking pretty heavily in. All right, but I, I I take this as would you hit the hard anything revolving a hard reset instantly triggers me to think it it starts at the quarterback position. Right, but you don't have to hard reset to go try to aggressively get a top quarterback. I don't think. Unless I mean, is he talking like when he says hard reset? I'm thinking about trading away my you know veteran guys, and I'm gonna just kind of tear this thing down to the studs and tank for a year and have a three win season, and then try to build this roster back up. Yeah, that was I my mean, interpretation of it. Okay, well, well, there, there's no definition from Larissa as far as as what a hard reset would be, so that makes it uh, challenging. You know, does that include <laughs> you know tra- trading away a couple of uh, your stars or whatnot? And I mean, you you got to define hard reset. Right. Right. But I mean, in terms of personally, look, here's the thing. Larissa, I I, I will say this. I'm worried about the quarterback position. Me as well. Yeah. I mean, I I, I understand the direction Pittsburgh's going. I'm just worried they're going to look at the start of next year, this time a year from now and say, all right, we got to go get a quarterback. You know, and and if you, however you want to build hard reset around all that, if if they don't if they don't figure out this quarterback position uh, this year, then it's not going to be a playoff run. Yeah, for sure. Or at least, yeah, they're they're going to be in the same spot they've been in, which is make it to the dance, but then be one and done as they have been for many years now. 
Uh, Bryce, uh, asking Dave and Alex, not what the team will do. Is it time for Tomlin to step away from calling the defense, move on from Austin, bring in a new DC with pedigree. So he, uh, so he Tomlin can focus more on running the team and printing more discipline and making sure he, uh, his overall vision is executed. Uh, number two, Alex, I don't mean to ruin your day by asking this question, but is it time for Danny Smith to go? Mm, you know, he just ruined my day for asking that question. Um, from the standpoint of what I would do as opposed to what the team would do, we should mention that Tallman did say acknowledging coaching staff changes, although that was seemed like kind of more of a catch-all, just kind of things happen every single year. But you know, we know the OC will will be different, but there may be some other changes as well. Honestly, I have not I've heard a lot of people speculate about, you know, firing Terrell Austin and, you know, the defense really being bad this year. I have not heard a good case laying out exactly what Austin did wrong or what he could have done better, especially given all the injuries his team suffered at inside linebacker at safety and playing for half the year without Cam Hayward. Look, what was the adjusted net yards for passing attempt stat on the defensive side of football uh, 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 for this team? You know, that's, that's, uh, uh, let me pull that up real quick for you. It, it was, was good. I don't know what it yeah. was, but, and they uh, finished it, as, go ahead, Dave. Uh, it was 5.8. There's, Just, I mean, could that be a little bit better? Yeah. It, you could always come out of it and say, uh, it, it, it could be a little bit better, but if you want to look at what it takes to win and be, uh, competitive and make the playoffs, I mean, Look at it at its core. Look at it at that stat. There's nothing there. I mean, once again, would you like it lower? Yes, you'd always like it lower. Uh, is it awful? No. And again, they, they finished Pittsburgh did as the sixth best scoring defense this year in nine games to held the opponent to under 20 points. There were some ugly moments for sure. Um, I, I'm willing to listen to, I guess, what was so wrong from a schematic preparation, you know, getting the best out of their players standpoint. I'm willing to hear that argument if somebody can present it, but I just don't even know what it, where people would start. I've not heard anybody lay out the case. I've heard them say fire Austin, but I'm not, I'm not sure why I don't know what he did so terribly wrong that would uh, lead to his firing. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. you I think they, I think they did a good job considering all the crap they were dealt with um, from an injury standpoint. I mean, they were on fifth and sixth string safeties inside linebackers, hubs of communication, pulling guys off the couch and you know, the defense never crumbled. So I give them, actually I give the Austin and company and Tomlin for, for the defensive side credit for, for the job they did. Yeah. You developed a young quarter cornerback along the way at Joey Porter jr. You were able to get that accomplished. You, I mean, you, you hit on it. You, how many linebacker inside linebackers and safeties did you go through? And Oh yeah. You lost TJ Watt for, uh, the playoff game, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, look, I mean, d- is it perfect? No. And once again, could it have been better? Yes. But I don't think any, give us more of a reason why you would move on from, 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 from Austin. Yeah. And again, as you said, things can be improved upon for sure. There were some things probably during the course of the year I didn't love. They became very zone heavy in part because they probably had to, but that hurt them in some respects. But just lay out the case. I've not heard anyone actually present a good case or really any case for moving on from Austin or removing some of the uh, 
control Tomlin has over the defense. All right. Mac Shell from Larryville writes in, Hey, David Knights, love the work and thank you to the Steelers Depot staff for a great season. For the past two years, Art Rooney, the second, has emphasized physicality and running the ball well in his postseason interview. Putting my tinfoil hat on here, but do you think uh, Art Rooney's lack of concern for a modern passing offense has any reason to do with the Steelers' JV play calling scheme throughout the season? Um, I'd have to think about that some. I mean, Rooney has certainly been driving the we have to run the ball well bus um, for many years now, but I don't think he's necessarily wrong about that. And I don't think having a strong ground game means you have to turn away from a creative and efficient passing game. Look at a San Francisco, you know, Baltimore, two teams that run the snot out of the football and run it really well, but have high level passing games, too. So I, I probably would say no to that thought. In other words, has he uh, has he overemphasized the physicality of the running the football in 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 his postseason interviews? No, I mean I understand the point, but I I think you can have both. You can have a physical ground game again. You see some of these top teams who can run the football, and you can still have a better pass game than what Pittsburgh has had. Uh, what his directive should be this year is we have to score more points. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious to hear what Art Rooney says in terms of his like big big thing he wants to see fixed is it just fix the quarterback position i guess is probably going to be his takeaway yeah. Yeah. yeah we got we we have to we have to get better quarterback play we have to score more points yeah I, I think i think you just held the art Rooney press conference right there that, that's probably what he's going to say all right cameron andrews writes in hey david ox thanks for all you do thanks for taking time i love y'all uh dude uh read the emails i'm going to try to keep them uh good questions i can't promise that they'll be short type correctly if you had to pick what position would y'all double dip on in the draft uh he says i would prefer d line the jury is out on leal and louder milk he says came as closer to the end than the beginning larry has his moments but it's not enough if if we can't do d line then o line would be where i would aim uh, at next center and right tackle, he says, do you think they would look to draft a slot type receiver over an outside corner this year? Uh, and if we can't re-sign Mason, what veteran quarterback would you bring in to battle Kenny? Uh, he says, I was thinking about Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Gardner Minshew. If they are gone, he says, Josh Dobbs, Marcus Mariota, or whatever is left of Joe Flacco. Yeah. Let's uh before we even go down that road with the quarterback, I mean, look, Alex has talked about Jacoby Brissett since how many years have you talked since about Canada got hired, you know, uh, uh, Brissett, uh, Gardner Minshew probably wouldn't be a bad option. Uh, but, uh, let, let's see what happens with Mason there. Uh, and the OC, the OC hires right. can dictate a little bit of who your quarterback is, what your system looks like and those types of things. True, true, true. Uh, what position would y'all double dip in, in the draft? Look, I think they need to address defensive line in this draft. I'm not sure I would double dip at it. Uh, you know, if I, if we're doing offensive line as all positions involved, yeah, I would go tackle and center in this draft. I would too, but I don't call that double dipping because O line is so broad and tackles and centers they're they're night and day in terms of the the position. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would probably take two offensive linemen. Maybe, I mean, again, what I double dipping, I think, is often about the board. If there's somebody just you really like on the board, it's a little less about team need when you're in day three, you're just kind of taking, you know, talent and that may create some double dipping. But corner, maybe I'm just trying to find a good corner opposite a Porter. 
And I know that the Trice will be healthy, we assume, for next summer, and Rush is there, but unknowns there. And you got to find somebody opposite Peterson if he's back. He can't play outside corner. He's got to be a slot guy, safety, interior type player. He just does not have the speed to play on the outside. So with Wallace, a free agent, Pierre, a free agent, and not great options, even if they are brought back, there is really nothing outside of Porter in terms of starting material. If this team ends up having seven or eight draft picks in total uh, this year, uh, could you see them drafting two wide receivers? I've done it before. I mean, it's it's very much in their wheelhouse. Uh, again, with other needs, you know, it's hard to, to justify that. But again, when you double dip, it's usually about value. Uh, to, to the, I know we're, the, the question about outside corner versus slot receiver. I'll, I'll just say this. I, I know outside corner, as I just said, is a huge need. But slot receiver, man, they've got no production there. Right. I mean, I know Robinson did it. I said on Wednesday, he did his role. He did, did it fine. But they just, they got to get some guys that can make some plays, not average eight yards per catch or just run motions the way that, you know, Gunner and Sims did last year. The two straight years, they've really gotten nothing from that position, and that has to change. I agree. They have to focus on that position specifically. I, I could see them maybe getting in a situation where they take two wide receivers, though, one slot, one, uh, maybe a developmental X or something. Yeah, I mean, it's fair because, if you heck, if you lose Deontay, you lost Deontay this year, but if you lose him or Pickens, your outside depth is really nothing. I mean, Boykin, a special teamer and a free agent, Austin, I'm lower on Austin than most people. I mean, I, it, it seems to be, but you really have nothing there. Jonathan Mason, we'll end with this one. Uh, why do you think Tomlin is okay running it back with the quarterbacks currently on the roster? I think the best you can expect from either Mason or Kenny is slightly above average. Uh, Big Ben passed his prime with bad legs, had five multi-TD games under Canada, yet Kenny... Yet the Kenny cult on the Twitter machine is taking everyone, uh, talking everyone into him being much better with a good OC. Thanks. So, look, uh, I don't know how to properly, you know, why, why do you think Tomlin is okay running it back with the quarterbacks currently on the roster? I mean, that's a, that's a broad question. I think they want to see how Pickett looks with the new OC. They liked how Rudolph played. And there's a little bit of like their loyalty and kind of sunk cost fallacy of this picket was our guy. We got to try to see this through for at least one more season. So I think those those things kind of add up to them, quote unquote, trying to run it back. And, and as, as far as everything else and the Kenny Colt and all like, look, uh, make, uh, Kenny has got a lot to prove, period. End of statement. Yeah. Tomlin said as much. We I'm sure Pickett knows that we're all we're all aware of what this year means to him. Uh, their 2024 season, once again, is going to revolve around how the quarterback plays. Yeah. As any, boy, uh, those analysts <laughs> get, getting paid big money to talk about quarterback being a, look, it, it, it's a key component. It is every year. You need good quarterback play to make a run at the Super Bowl. It, that, that, that's it. Right. Look at the quarterbacks in the AFC right now. It's uh -huh. Mahomes. It's Allen. It's Lamar, it's Stroud. Those are four top tier dudes. You got what? How many MVPs between Mahomes and Allen and, and Jackson? I don't know. A handful, and then a rookie of the year to be in Stroud. Those guys are not going anywhere. And then you add in Herbert if the Chargers ever figure out their life, and Rogers coming back, and Burrow, and we'll see about yeah, Sean Watson. Did you mention Purdy in there? And well, I was and, talking just AFC, okay. but 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 yeah. I mean, broadly speaking, you know, good quarterback play across the board. Right. So, uh, I mean, 
look, all the all the talk to remain, even after Mike Tomlin talked uh, yesterday, the talk the rest of the offseason will be, are they making the right decision at quarterback, and should they go out and get Cousins, Russell Wilson, Fields, insert one extra other name in there, you know? Yep, it will be still discussed. Um, don't think it's going to happen, but it will still be discussed. All right, two-hour mark, Alex, I think. We, 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 let, 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 let's, let's wrap this baby up. We will be back on Monday, right? Yep, back on Monday. And, heck, the Senior Bowl. We got some guys going for the Senior Bowl and Shrine Bowl here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So we're getting prepped for that. Got draft profiles on the site. And, uh, yeah, got, got a lot to talk about. All right. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter slash X at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate, SteedersDepot.com. Hit the donate button up right navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, hit SteedersDepot.com. Hit the ad free button that way. Uh, enjoy the weekend and a bunch of good games, uh, playoff games to watch and all like that. We'll be around all weekend providing content, uh, anything, uh, and everything under the sun that we can find to write about a lot of original content, hopefully coming draft profiles, all that good kind of stuff. So until Monday, as always, thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with Dave and Alex.